0: Good evening, and welcome to the July 2nd, 2018 meeting of the Astoria City Council. Welcome, everybody. Uh, roll call. Uh, Chief Gascoigne. Councilor Newell.
1: Here. Councilor Bronson.
2: Here. Councilor Price. Here. Councilor Bell. Here.
0: Here. Here. Thank you. We have a presentation tonight from the Friends of the Column, the annual report that they give to the council. So we're looking forward to it.
2: And we're having a little bit of an odd technical difficulty, but it looks like it's moving now. So, okay, thank you for the report. (laughs)
3: Blair said make it short. (laughs) Thank you very much, it was a great year.
4: (laughs) Okay, you don't
5: argue with
3: the city attorney. (laughs) Uh, Jimmy, are we ready? My partner over there, okay. (laughs) Mayor, city councilman, thank you for having us again. Uh, We're delighted to come before you and tell you about really what was a wonderful year of us uh, rebuilding, growing, trying new things, and. all I can tell you is that the Friends of Astoria column, your column, has never been in as good a shape as it is, is now. So let's start with our presentation. And first, I should introduce the people who are here from our board. So starting back, we have Karen Whitman and Thane Tinson, Mike Lundberg, Kurt England. Am I missing Janice. Oh, Janice, right there in front, center of court. <laughs> right. And uh, we've got. Um, I think about 18, 19 on the board now, and uh, we have a better, more diversified board than I think we've had in years, more participation by Astoria locals, and it's really been a, a real balanced uh, group, especially a lot of younger people uh, that will help carry the all forward in years to come. So with that, let's get started. Okay, so what we're basically going to talk to you about is a quick financial report. We're going to talk about um, the history of the restoration, capital improvement, site management, education. I'm also going to ask two of our staff here. uh, They're doing a great job to talk a little bit too. So we'll speed through some of this stuff. um, But you know, we've been in business now, partnered with you for 31 years. And Mike Lindbergh, who was on the City Council in Portland for 17 years and served the city for 25 years, we were talking about how uh, in Portland's history, the mayors who did the best were the ones that brought public citizens together to form committees to share that and make that public partnership really work. And I think this has been a textbook case. We've always had wonderful support from you, Uh, whenever the issue is, we've come and talked with you and uh, we've gotten your support and blessing and and then I think collectively we've done a heck of a job preserving a really nationally and internationally significant monument and uh, honoring the site uh, which serves three, four, five hundred thousand people a year. Our board, uh, you can see, and we have a pass out we'll give you later as soon as I'm done so you can see all this easier. Uh, But uh, uh, I think the best board we've ever had, although we missed the number of key people who were with us for years. Uh, The balance sheet. Uh, Last year, we had $678,000 of income, an increase of $127,000 over the prior year, resulting in a net operating gain of $173,000. During the year, we employed 27 full and part-time parking guides, docents, gift shop personnel. So we're contributing back to the city 163,000. We're contributing to the community 163,000 dollars of of wages, that's an important part. As you may remember, uh, about four years ago, we came to you and asked if we could take over the entire site, which you uh, agreed and let us do. The previous year, when I'd gotten numbers from the city manager, the city had spent about 46,000 dollars on landscaping and other uh, activities up there. We assumed all that, plus we took over the house, which had been occupied by a Park City employee for a number of years. The day after we took it over, the planning department condemned it, and we spent $55,000 fixing it up, okay? And uh, uh, and it's uh, been the home now to Fred Pines, who's uh, with his wife, uh, uh, sort of up there supervising in exchange for living there, and doing a heck of a job, and you'll hear from him in a few minutes. So I think overall to sum up between the parking revenue and the, the cost we assumed, I think we're saving the city uh, collectively about $125,000 a year of what you were paying for or not getting in the past. Um, the financial report, you can see the parking revenue. Uh, uh, it's grown dramatically. We put a little booth up there. We have fabulous train guides now that Fred's hired that not only welcome people, but give them a little flyer about the site and uh, make sure we collect that that revenue. So it's growing uh, uh, significantly. Um, The history of the restoration, I think we've presented this all to you before. We've been really sort of three major restorations of the column, including the stairway project. So we spent in total probably close to $4 million over the last 31 years redoing the column. Okay, 2017 capital projects. First, we repaired the cottage and garage, the cost of uh, $11,000 on top of the $55 we'd spent the previous year. Uh, uh, we uh, uh, painted the cottage, it was $14,000 more. We installed the parking guide shelter for $2,800, and we um, uh, put uh, new security systems in for uh, roughly $4,000 uh, uh, for the uh, gift shop. Um, for 2018, we're working with uh, place architects on the major master plan that we came to you and got approval to proceed with uh, roughly two years ago. Uh, there'll be an initial $25,000 fee to them, which we've approved. In addition, we're spending uh, $70,000 on a whole new LED lighting system, and that follows basically last year and part of the year before, $150,000 we spent on all the new pavers. We had to lift all the pavers up, put new sand in, redo all that. and. Uh, that's really worked out well. In addition, uh, Chief Comcomley at a canoe. We're working with Tongue Point. We put a new handicap ramp, a uh, new ramp in, and uh, we're repainting it <coughs> and uh, preserving it. Uh, I think at this point, um, what I'd like to do is talk about site management. And, Fred, why don't you come on up and why don't you talk about what it's been like, the report you gave us at our meeting and uh, uh, how exciting it's been for you.
6: Come on up. Thank you. I kind of feel like the, the new baby that wet its diaper. It uh, doesn't show on the outside, but it's a nice warm feeling on the inside. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I would have brought slides, but they're all my grandkids and great-grandkids. So. <laughs> but, uh, oh, I, we love it up there. It's uh, beautiful in the morning, beautiful in the evening. Uh, the the uh, grounds look great. They, uh, they're uh, well taken care of by our, our landscaping crew and uh, uh, it's it's so much fun to have so many visitors up there that are just awestruck by the beauty of the column it's uh, the artwork the, the uh, just the history is, is fantastic and uh, Willis asked the other day what well, my favorite, uh, cartoon on the column was, and and being an old sailor, I liked the sailing ship, and uh, and so he pointed out the Native American uh, woman looking in the mirror. And I don't know if any of you have ever noticed that part, but she's looking in a mirror and her reflection is showing her face. So I pointed that out to, to a lot of people that come up now, because that now that's become my favorite part. <laughs> so, but I think each each uh, layer is uh, there's something to see, and the history is just uh, really wonderful. Tell, so, about staff, tell about the staff
3: you hired, hired and how well they oh, yes. about the staff you hired and how
6: well are doing. Uh, We we hired more people in the summer, and uh, uh, some of them are high school students that just work during the season and uh, we've got volleyball players and basketball players and you know they've got their camps and, and uh, so we try to work around to get the, the local uh, youngsters involved and uh, I'm amazed at how much they know about the Column. The, the folks have been taking them up there for years and, uh, and so they've, they've kind of grown up knowing about the Column. So they're able to the visitors when they ask them a question uh, you know the history of it and so uh, it's it's nice to see the young folks up there then one of my uh, best times is when it's loaded with kids throwing airplanes off and uh, they're giggling and laughing and telling how they're they're, uh, going this way and that way and and then pretty soon you look and they aren't kids they're adults they're the folks throwing them off so they send the kids down to get them bring it back up <laughs> to them <laughs> but uh, it's it's wonderful uh, the people downtown are, are uh, the chamber of commerce and other business leaders downtown are uh, tell people uh, about the column and they say what should i see and they tell them that, that should be one of the things that that they go see, so we get people commenting on that all the time, so it's, uh, I really enjoy it.
3: And, uh, and you live up there, tell me,
6: how about your wife planting little flowers? Oh yeah, I <laughs> I live at the cottage, and uh, and we, uh, we <laughs> moved from a four bedroom, three bathroom house, <laughs> and now we live in a, in a one bedroom, one bathroom house. Pretty romantic, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, hey, the one bedroom's fine, because you know no kids, but, but the, the one bathroom is... Uh, <laughs> when my wife goes to the beauty shop, I always tell her, good luck to you. But uh, she uh, she spent some time in there putting on her face. and She planted uh, flowers all out in front of the cottage. Uh, we have people stop, take pictures of them, pansies, and the ones that the deer don't eat. But uh, she... Uh, Found some repellent that, that chased them off this year, so uh, it's uh, it's really a wonderful time for me at this stage of my life uh, to be up there. It's quite an honor to to represent the, the column and visit with all the people from all over the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
3: And, uh, to make the connection there, Fred is married to Ko's mom, so sister. that's a, a, a sister. A sister. <laughs>
4: sister. No, <laughs> <laughs> mom. right.
3: And it's it, been wonderful. There's a
4: connection.
3: Yeah, <laughs> wonderful how they've been up there. So thank you. And also Lindsay Vigil, why don't you come on up and come on. Don't be nervous. Uh, we found her last year, and why don't you tell your history and your background, how you came here and and tell me what you've been doing in the shop and your staff, and because uh, we're seeing remarkable, remarkable results. I mean, we've got a heck of a little business up there. You're doing a wonderful job. I'm proud of you.
4: Thanks. Hi. So I'm Lindsay. Um, I actually lived in Everett, Washington, and I moved to Eugene many years ago. Um, I'm a graduate of the UO. I met my then boyfriend, um, who was actually from Astoria, many, many years ago. Uh, we ended up Moving back up here because he got a job opportunity at US Bank through Kevin Lacoste, and then I moved here um, shortly after. Just needed to tie up some loose ends, and then a couple years I was living here, and Kevin approached me about. Tell me where you're working. Well, I was working at Bridgewater Bistro at first, <laughs> which is a lovely restaurant. I really like it. I do have a degree in business and economics, so this is not something I'm scared to dive into numbers and all that, but. Um, They, uh, Kevin offered me the position, and I was a little hesitant at first, but I wouldn't change it for the world. There are no regrets at all. I love the Column. I've always, always loved coming to Astoria and visiting the Column. Every time we came to visit my now husband's family. It is just, it means the world to me, and I'm not even from here, but it's something really special in this area. Sorry. (laughs) Um, So anyways, I uh, took over the gift shop and um, the goal has been to start bringing um, businesses from the community into the gift shop and talking about their unique um, things that they offer to the column. I mean we have a lot of stuff that are custom, craft made uh, by people here in town and I just think that's so important and um, we've really just tried to enhance our visitors experience our staff is really knowledgeable I quiz them every every month we have a quiz about new things um, that we might have learned that month about the column and the history and even just Astoria so that way they're just as passionate about it as I am because not everybody is from Astoria in the gift shop so it's really really important to be as excited about it as every Astorian here it's I mean my husband's family just loves Astoria they love the column they love all of it so Um, so yeah that's kind of what we're doing and you know always trying to remake it a little bit better and um, it's been only a year so uh, we've basically kind of gotten rid of some of the stuff you can find at Fred Meyer or you know some of the more items that aren't special to the the calm or maybe even Astoria and um, really made those connections in the community to bring something up that's special that people will take home and they're like, I got this in that story. I got this at the call. And then it starts a story and an experience. So, anyway.
3: Tell me a couple of the best
5: sellers that have surprised
3: you. (laughs) Okay, so
4: we have these little um, fish shaped nail clippers. (laughs) (laughs) And I cannot stop like purchasing them. I have to order like 200 at a time and i'm ordering them every other week because people just love that little cute idea of these fish
7: nail clippers. It's
4: great. Um, And then plush toys are a big thing. You know, the little kids come in or grandparents off cruises or whatever come through and they see these cute little dolls. And we try to do things that are special to the area. So granted, they're not necessarily made from here, but, you know, the deer and elk and, and fish and, you know, crabs and stuff like that. So just trying to keep it more too specific, this kind of area that they wouldn't find. Um, gosh, well I mean, back, like we sell these little backpacks. I never thought that we would sell, but um, it's been really good. It's been such a fun learning experience to just see the kinds of people that come in and just talking to everybody, talking to everybody about it. It's fun. Yeah.
3: Okay. <laughs> I just <Perfect>. that. <laughs> we, uh... that wasn't so yeah. hard, was it? it was we. We took a trip to Las Vegas to the gift show uh, in February and there were a couple of board members and myself and Lindsay and I said look, uh, if we're in doubt, buy it and try it. If we spend 500 bucks or a thousand bucks on some different merchandise, we'll see what sells. I mean it's the best test tube case of seeing what what, what works and what doesn't work. So we're learning an awful lot and I think building upon that, uh, I think the sales are going to be even higher. So last year we did $462,000 in that 400 plus square foot little there isn't, a North, there isn't a retailer in the country wouldn't want those sales per square foot. And, uh, and I, I see this as two ways. One, we have an obligation to provide something for every single person that comes up there as a takeaway, whether it's the little kids want things or the thousands of people off the ships that come in that need smaller things or whatever, local residents. Uh, we've talked for years about the local makers putting on action now, so very exciting. And I think we'll see substantial sales increases next year with the learning curve uh, from this year's sales, and she's doing great. She's got a great crew there right now. They're stable, and uh, it's really been a delight to have her working with us. Um, for the uh, next, finishing up here, um, we've improved dramatically our outreach and educational activities. Uh, there are things there you'll see in the takeaway we'll give you and others in the audience. Uh, we uh, uh, partnered on the new Night uh, Cancer Center, and we've done a number of things, and we're ramping that up even more. We even talked today in our board meeting about, uh, while we generally had our truck and a column model on the truck in the regatta parade, I thought it would be fun. At least this current board seems to support so far, exploring the idea of actually creating a little little float that we would take in the parade every year. Why not? We're going to be there every year and honor the community with that. Um, Let's see. Um, uh, Next three to five years. As I mentioned, we've hired a top architectural firm, uh, landscape uh, firm in Portland Place, that just did the Nike campus. We've awarded them the first $25,000 part of a major master plan study. Uh, We'll be working on that during this next year. Uh, We have some interesting ideas about the whole meadow down below, about how to better utilize that, Uh, plus the trails, the paths. Uh, uh, We need to move ahead and figure out where to put some permanent restrooms, the sort of temporary restrooms that have been there for 10 years work, but they're not the level of of restrooms we really need in terms of the building materials and so forth. Um, Again, the lighting we'll be doing this year, uh, and um, uh, we're being very disciplined again with our financial statement that we're putting roughly 20% of the, well roughly 7,000 a month uh, uh, we're putting into the long-term reserve. Uh, Our account at Oregon Community Foundation is up to 450000 bucks. But we borrowed 150000 roughly two years ago to do the paving project, so we're building that up again. We want to see that reach a million dollars or more, so long-term, the community in essence has an endowed fund to maintain the major restoration of the column, which is every five, ten years where you spend a half million or a million bucks sort of redoing part of what you've done. Uh, so between sending money to the city every quarter, once a year our payment to you, and the reserve fund, Uh, We're still showing very solid, positive cash flow, which we're putting back into projects that we're doing. Let's see. What else do we have here? Um, I think with that, um, any other questions uh, for us or, board, did I miss something that we should cover? Very exciting. Very strong balance sheet. Uh, Mike Wallace is doing our books. He does an excellent job, the best of reporting we've ever had. Uh, we got great staff up there. We're employing more people. Uh, we're just scratching the surface, I think, in terms of outreach. We talked today again. We had talked to Rex Zayk some years ago and others about doing another book every couple of years on the Native American history up there, the ships, other things. We need to do that, I think. Uh, we need to look at, with our cell phones, how we can have guided tours up there so when people walk around, they can look out and say, gee, and they can work with the Maritime Museum. There's so much we can do, but at least it's taken us some time to get the staff stabilized up there and do what we need to do first before we uh, step into. And the cell days. phone tower's
5: coming down, speaking of cell phones. Uh, the cell phone tower coming down.
3: The cell phone tower. We've worked very closely with you and, and uh, Red Estes and others. and. Uh, uh, we're waiting to see quite what happens there. You know the history there. The horizon hasn't quite lived up to what we had hoped they would, but we'll still hope they see the light and that column uh, come, the tower comes down in the early fall. Uh, we talked about that a little bit ago, and we were pleased to, to work with the city on, on that. So, uh, any
8: questions? No questions, but thank you so much. And, and Fred, you know, it's a a beautiful monument, but it's also just a beautiful, extraordinarily beautiful site. And so thank you so much for the maintenance that you've done up there and for the improvements. When you're up there and you can see uh, not only the site, the monument, and then the beauty of the surroundings of our our little peninsula, it's it's just really quite extraordinary and it's the first place I take anyone who, who comes to Astoria. So again, thank you. You're you're not only friends of the column, but you're friends of all of Astoria. And uh, thanks for coming into town. Appreciate
5: it. I would just echo those. Thank thank you very much to Friends of the Column for the f- fantastic work you do to keep our treasure in such great condition. It really is phenomenal. Thank you, Jordan, for your leadership as uh, president. And Lindsay, four hundred sixty-two thousand sales in that tiny gift shop. That is phenomenal. Congratulations to you. That's really really something.
9: All the nail clippers. See? How <laughs> <laughs> right.
4: <laughs> many planes?
3: 39,000 last year?
4: Something like that. And so
3: 39,000 planes last year.
4: <laughs> and I think we're already to like, with from March to June, we're 13, over 13,000. 13,000 of the
3: little Balsam gliders. Yeah, that's great. So it's cool
4: to
0: well, and I, I'm delighted that you have the, the people up there now taking the money and giving information to the, to the visitors. I think that's a really important part that we were missing, and it's a, it's a, it's a great improvement.
3: Especially the young people, the high school kids. Mm-hmm. Let them earn some money, and also, I uh, think Fred's a wonderful mentor for them, and you know, tows, makes them toe the line. But uh, uh, we wanted to always, again, hire, especially young people, to let them feel pride in their monument.
1: Yeah, I wanted to comment exactly on that. I, I think that any time we have an opportunity to um, hire high school kids for the summer and you know give them a good work environment and uh, help set a good work ethic and an opportunity. And I, and I like the idea that you're able to work with them and schedule them, you know, summers are still summers, and to have a little maneuverability is great. So I really appreciate that as well, as long as as well as echoing the uh, comments down the line. Thank you.
10: Yeah, Mr. Schnitzer, friends of the Column, Fred and Lindsay, thank you so much for your work. You know, the Column is such a special place. I mean, it could be private property with a mansion on it, but we save the best for everyone. And you guys are really instrumental in the preservation and the enhancement of such a special place for visitors and locals alike. So thank you so much.
3: Thank you. It's really been a pleasure to serve. I think you I think I can say on behalf of all of us, uh, uh, it's just been a, a joy. You know, uh, a lot of us have been on lots of different boards, and they're all important. Uh, this one, uh, there's no the time when you go up there; it does take your breath away, and you feel honored to be able to be part of a legacy, just like the articles that Jimmy brought from almost 100 years ago. You know, our names will be forgotten, but the work that we did will go on, and other generations will step into our shoes and take care of it in the same way, with the care and loving we have. Thank
0: you. I wonder if the board would all stand. I would like to give you some applause here. You deserve it. We have a proclamation now for uh, Parks and Recreation Month. I will read that. Find it. Whereas parks and recreation programs are an integral part of communities throughout this country, including Astoria and whereas our parks and recreation are vitally important to establishing and maintaining the quality of life in our communities ensuring the health of all citizens and contributing to the economic and environmental well-being of a community and region and whereas parks and recreation programs build healthy active communities that aid in the prevention of chronic disease provide therapeutic recreation services for those who are mentally or physically disabled and also improve the mental and emotional health of all citizens. And whereas parks and recreation programs increase a community's economic prosperity through increased property values, expansion of the local tax base, increased tourism, the attraction and retention of businesses, and crime reduction. And whereas parks and recreation areas are fundamental to the environmental well-being of our community, And whereas parks and natural recreation areas improve water quality, protect groundwater, prevent flooding, improve the quality of the air we breathe, provide vegetative buffers to development and produce habitat for wildlife. And whereas our parks and natural recreation areas ensure the ecological beauty of our community and provide a place for children and adults to connect with nature and recreate outdoors. And whereas the U.S. House of Representatives has designated July as Parks and Recreation Month, and whereas Astoria recognizes the benefits derived from parks and recreation resources. Now, therefore, be it resolved, the City of Astoria hereby recognizes July as Park and Recreation Month in Astoria. And um, let's have... uh, Angela Cosby and Norma Hernandez, who is the president of the Parks Board, come <coughs> forward to get the proclamation. New t-shirt? <laughs> yes. I'll be talking about it. Okay. <laughs> Whoa.
9: It's like the gliders. It's like, right? yeah. <laughs> okay. So, and the two of you.
0: I just so much. Everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I have a few words. You know me; I yes, always I have a few words to say. I don't want oh, you to do.
9: deprive all of you to for <laughs> me saying a few words. Uh, what is Parks and Recreation Month? It was initiated uh, by uh, National Recreation and Parks Association in 1985. It and it's just really for, to highlight the vital and powerful role local parks and recreation, such as Astoria Parks, play in conservation, health and wellness, and social equity efforts in communities all across the country. This year, in RPA, an Astoria Parks goal is to highlight the unique and sometimes unknown offerings of our local parks and facilities by celebrating its theme, a lifetime of discovery. <laughs> Yes, parks in Oregon contributed almost two billion dollars in economic activity to the state and contribute 154 billion nationwide. Astoria Parks employs 141 individuals and spends 1.5 million dollars on salaries and benefits. Through our child care programs, Little Sprouts, Kids Zone, and Teen Zone. 113 families have reliable, affordable and quality care that allows them for them to maintain and attend work. The park also contributes greatly to our local economy by hiring the services of local contractors, including Greensmith for landscaping, plumbing and heating services for the aquatic center, associated cleaning services for cleaning downtown restrooms, as well as local contractors working on our facilities and historic monuments such as the Doughboy that we are a part, a very vital part of this community (coughs) and to establishing and maintaining the quality of life, improving the local tax base and increasing property values, providing services that contribute to the health and well-being of our community, and provide gathering places for families and social groups regardless of economic status, race, and age. A study by Penn State University shows significant correlations to reductions in stress lower blood pressure, and perceive physical health to the length of stadium visits and parks. We kick off the month with a t-shirt contest, inviting members of our community to design a special shirt to our theme of Discover Astoria Parks. The winning t-shirt was designed by resident and former former lifeguard Enoch Gray. You can purchase a t-shirt for $20 at the aquatic center Again, (laughs) just remember, yes, this is for parks, social media contests, inviting the public to engage with us on Facebook and Instagram with weekly themes, showcasing our parks using hashtag Discover Astoria Parks, giveaways and prizes, our smaller residents can drop by of any of our facilities to pick up a Lifetime of Discovery activity book and jump rope. A calendar of events can be downloaded off our website by heading to the Events tab and clicking on Parks and Recreation Month where residents can discover what we have to offer this month. We encourage all residents to find a park they haven't been to before or visit a facility and take a fitness class, and if they haven't done so in a while, to discover what great strides and improvements we have continued to make in growing our programs and maintaining our facilities. The only thing that Parks have not done is really change my accent, but everything else is good. So come on, let's visit Parks and let's celebrate with the great staff that are here, Jonah, um, Angela, I know, I almost forgot your name. Right. And everybody else in parks, we just want to say to those 141 employees, thank you. We are very grateful, and I know the community is grateful. So thank you so much. <laughs> but Norma, there are some things
0: we don't want to change. Yes. Yes. Did I <laughs> Okay, next we have reports of councillors. Uh, Councillor
5: Jones. Uh, good evening, Mayor. Nothing to report. I did have just one question, if I may ask Mr. Estes uh, uh, is what the status of the community development director search
2: is. Sure. So uh, the community development director uh, uh, position uh, has closed uh, and there were a group of uh, Individuals who are shortlisted and this week um, there are phone interviews, which uh, I'm conducting and today We actually went through four of those and so we'll be wrapping those up or I'll be wrapping those up uh, this week and uh, from there intend um, on Whittling it down to three or four candidates. Um, we'll see what rises to the top looking at having a uh, set of more formal interviews with those, those individuals invited to come to Astoria. Um, you know, I'd say ideally late July, probably more realistically early August, um, we will be having a community forum, again, like we've done in the past, uh, so the public will be able to uh, meet the candidates uh, for an interview process. Thank you.
8: Councilor Price. Thank you all. I'll take your time, Councilor Jones, um, because I first want to give Kudos to June, to just making it through June, it was a crazy month and I, I just want to rattle off a few things, Pride Weekend, Scandinavian Festival, the Music Festival, I see David Reed is here, he was uh, one of the leaders of the Downtown Association's uh, Walkabout welcoming eight new or relocated businesses just a couple of weeks ago, there'll be a video out about that soon. Uh, And just on Saturday, there was Troll Radio, the rally to keep families together, and the Portland Gay Men's Choir at the Astoria High School. And like Lindsay, I'm sorry she left because I wanted to tell her that I weep at beauty too. And I wept at some point at all three of those events. And uh, on Sunday, um, candidate for Oregon House District 32 Tiffany Mitchell was in town with Senator Ron Wyden. There was also the McClure uh, Slide Grand opening. There was a meeting of the Homelessness Task Force, and in between there were a lot of benefits for some of our marvelous volunteer organizations. So it was an extraordinarily busy month. And two uh, substantive uh, matters. One is that uh, Councilor Brownson and I attended the League of Oregon City workshop on housing in Tillamook about 10 days ago. And it was actually quite interesting. The, The LOC has been going around listening sessions throughout. Oregon and I believe that story was last um, wanting to know what cities want the league to take to the legislature this coming year for um, help with housing. Because everybody in Oregon is having an in-housing crunch right now. And it was pretty interesting, There was a, they looked at loosening restrictions on the uses of transient lodging tax to use that for residential housing more flexible building codes so that are are the codes right-sized for the development revising urban growth boundaries and annexation rules which uh, some people called ancient making available some pre-development dollars to incentivize builders and there was a lengthy list of other items connecting the dots all the way back (coughs) to really what is needed is some restructuring of Oregon's tax structure so that we can have stable funding from municipalities and school districts. So I know that they have in their September conference a all-day session on housing and I would recommend, I think I would recommend going to that because this sort of half-day session was pretty interesting. One other item is that the college is considering a financial package to expand the merch facility and turn it into a a really innovative center. I don't know anything about it more than that. I got a postcard about it. Um, But it would appear to dovetail nicely into the maritime strategy that is part of Astoria's five-year economic uh, development plan. So there are three listening sessions coming up at Merck's on July 9th and 10th. Uh, They're not asking for fundraising, but just to hear their plans and for us to give feedback to them and to begin to, to consider whether and how we might support their project. Okay, thank you,
0: thank you, Councillor Branson.
1: Well, I um ditto, <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't have much to report. I was going to comment a little bit on the League of Oregon Cities and the, and the housing um issue, and and again, really ditto. She uh, uh Councillor Price pretty much highlighted some of the um, Takeaways of, of that meeting, and um, and it just did reinforce that Astoria is not unique in these situations. That they're experiencing very much the same problems all around Oregon. And when we're talking with the League of Oregon Cities, we're talking uh, with mostly medium and s- medium-sized and smaller cities. I mean, Portland plays a part, but they're talking to towns our size, a little smaller and bigger. So seeing the same things happen uh, all across the street and everybody's struggling for solutions. So we're not unique in that. And uh, I hope that, you know, we can find ways through the city to facilitate better housing, whether it's workforce housing, whether it's just whatever you want to call affordable housing. Because it depends on where you are in the world at that point in time in your life financially. It varies a great deal and we're lacking kind of at all levels so um, i think it's it's a great conversation and that's it thanks
0: councilor neverwell no ma'am thank you you don't have it no No. okay (laughs) um well i got to participate in the grand opening of the mcclure park and some of you may have viewed the uh, video i got to slide down the slide and had great fun Uh, bouncing along on the slide going down Um, and uh, I also want to congratulate the McClure uh, Park neighbors because it was a neighborhood that got together they said we we want to do something with this park we know we can and uh, thanks to the leadership of uh, Dave and Judy McElroy they made it happen and uh, it's, uh, it's it's a lot of fun um, the uh, music festival it never fails to just blow me away. Uh, the fact that we have the people coming here to Astoria of the caliber that we heard at that music festival just is—it's just dynamite. Um, I, 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 every every time I go, I think I can't believe that this is really happening here in. A 10,000 population city. So uh, that's my report. Um, any changes to the agenda? No changes. Okay. The consent calendar is usually um, just uh, accepted with one motion um, and doesn't require individual motions on all these items. Have any of the items been uh, asked to be removed?
2: Yes, we have two items that have been requested to be removed. One is 7E, uh, which is authorization of the contract for CSO program modeling professional support services. And the other one is 7F, authorization to award a contract to Dennis' 7Ds for landscaping services at tourist-related sites. Okay. Uh, Council, anyone
0: want anything
10: removed? Um, I had wanted to remove uh, item D and F.
0: So we have D, E, and F then?
5: Did you? I, I move that we approve the consent calendar with the exceptions of items 7, D, E, and F. Second.
0: Uh, roll call. Uh, Chief Spaulding. Thank you, Councilman Unlocked? Aye. Councilman Reyes? Aye. Councilman Dunn? Aye. Councilman Dunn?
10: Aye. Mayor Winger? Aye.
2: Okay. Mr. City Manager, do you want to do? Are you phoned? Can, Councilor Demola wants has a question. May, sure. Item D would be the, the first item to consider.
10: Yeah, um, Mr. Estes, I, I wanted to say that I'm glad that um, we have uh, placed priority on the permitting process um, for short-term rentals. When we talk about the housing problem, that's kind of a low-hanging fruit to protect the housing that we have right now for the people that need it so that locals don't have to compete with tourists for places to live. Um, and so you know I think that this permitting process is going to make it a lot easier for the city to enforce our rules that protect housing for local re- residents so I think that that's really good um, and I just wanted to bring up um, the hole in downtown uh, it's not on your report um, and we've got a lot of other things that we're working on and we're also trying to fill the director position but um, could, since it's not in the report um, could you just kind of provide a, a status update in terms of um, when when you think that we might be able to put out that RFP so that the city could get some help, a partner to help redevelop that site?
2: So uh, you know, first of all, with the environmental cleanup, we are still uh, continuing to work with the Department of Environmental Quality. Uh, they're continuing to do the monitoring of the cleanup effort over there. Um, Our goal ultimately is to get a letter of no further action. Uh, We don't know that we're going to be getting that until um, a specific plan of action is developed. Um, The the issue being that the parking lot on the east side of the block is hollow underneath. Uh, We did remove uh, some of the contaminated soils under there, but uh, we weren't able to remove it all without demolishing that parking area. Uh, So, um, with that, there may need to be a, a, a hold on issuing the letter of no further action. So we have a development plan. And there may be a, a cap, which could be installed as a part of any future development to, to be able to get that, that sign off from the Department of Environmental Quality. Um, but uh, Jeff Harrington, our public works director, is continuing to work with DEQ on the monitoring of, of that uh, the groundwater wells, which are over in the property um, at this point as to issuing the rfq uh, for a public private partnership that would be something that a new community development director uh, would need to be able to take on Uh, it's something that uh, you know with the capacity there is not capacity within the community development department uh, to be able to take that on at this point in time one of the things um, that um, we have been able to do is at least uh, with the new uh, Riverfront vision process, which is being kicked off. That's something that that myself and Rosemary Johnson will be taking on to be able to provide um, Some capacity when that new individual comes on on board.
10: Okay, that's that's great I just wanted to bring it up because I don't think we should forget it It's been a priority of the city and the citizens of Astoria for for a long time for at least a decade and a half to redevelop um, that area and wouldn't the development plan um, you're speaking of kind of hinge on the, the proposal that we solicited?
2: Right, in, in terms of uh, time back to the DEQ issues you're talking about?
10: Well, it, it sounded like you said we first needed to come up with a development plan and right. then issue an RFP or an no, no, RFQ. No, 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 no,
2: okay. I meant that, that once a development plan has been established through the city, accepting a process mm-hmm. to move forward then let's say we issue the RF, the request for qualifications. A um, a plan, a development plan, was selected by the city council. Then we would then be working with the Department of Environmental Quality to establish the capping requirements uh, yeah. that would be put in place. <coughs> but no, the uh, the Department of Environmental Quality is looking to see what will the ultimate plan be that the city council wants to move forward with in the future
10: okay well i i just really hope that the city can move forward <laughs> on redevelopment of um you know the, the old safeway block aka heritage square <laughs> soon thank
8: you thank you Could i just take a moment to uh thank ray Merritt and jeff daly and studio 11 owner jamie boyd for joining me again this year in wrapping the cyclone fence uh, that covers the Safeway hole and putting up the banners that Jeff Daly donated. Uh, it's it's not uh, anywhere near substantial development, but at least it's something.
10: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Councilor Price. It does look good. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Thanks. In item E. Yeah, item E. Yes. Okay. So, uh, Item 7E is uh, an authorization. Uh, to uh, issue a a contract for combined sewer overflow program uh, modeling. And this is uh, a contract which would provide for continued services from HDR and associates uh, for uh, assessment of our combined sewer overflow program and computerized hydraulic and hydrologic and hydraulic modeling. And this model is used to be able to uh, look at our level of success in terms of uh, what we're capturing through the combined sewer overflow process and it assists us in developing a model in terms of what we need to work on in the future. We've had a contract with HDR uh, for some period of time and we're looking at a continued contract with them in the amount of fifty-four thousand six hundred ninety-six dollars for July two thousand eighteen through June of two thousand nineteen, um, and Cindy Moore um, has been working on this project. Um, and Cindy, you want to come forward and you have anything else you maybe want to add in terms of what the the scope of work we'll be able to provide.
7: i Cindy Moore, Assistant City Engineer. I manage this contract with HDR um, through the CSO program. And each year they help us with our reporting to DEQ, which we do monthly, and we process data from 40 monitors, each of them having their own unique characteristics and quirks. Um, they help us with the technical aspects of that. And what they bring to the table is um, that they work with um, agencies all over. Oregon and Washington so they can help us. Is this normal, how do we, how do we work through these problems? They're also um, helping us to scope the next projects that'll be coming up and the, what that takes is quality data. So um, they have a team of people that specialize in this type of work that have been helping us through our program.
2: And Mayor, this was uh, an item which a citizen requested uh, be taken off the agenda, so there may be individuals who want to speak to this matter.
0: Okay, if anyone would like to speak to the item, would you come forward, state your name and address, please?
11: Chris Ferrar, 3023 Harrison Avenue, Astoria. I asked for the item to be... um, talked about taking off the consent calendar and I don't have I I read into it as much as I could get out of the packet and uh, I was left with a lot of questions and it's really rather complicated and I don't want to take up a lot of time tonight I'd be more interested in uh, hearing more about it over over the ensuing months um, as I understand it a great deal of the CSO project is already completed in the downtown area, and that most of what's left to be done is out for 33rd Street and one other area. And uh, it's a it's a huge project, of course, it's going to be forty-some million dollars in the end, I think. Um, and fifty-four thousand dollars may seem small, but uh, this has been going on Year after year since uh, 2012, and the project's going to go another 10 years or so. I'm just wondering. It seems to me a lot of times a, a little $50,000 item just gets kind of lost in the shuffle of big million-dollar projects. And I'm. It seems to me that this modeling could be done in-house, and and or you could even hire somebody at that kind of a salary to take the project on and manage it specifically. But as I say, it's really complicated, and I just appreciate hearing more about this very big project from time to time, and maybe I've missed some of the discussion. But I appreciate what information was provided tonight, so thank you. Thank you,
0: Chris.
2: So these are something very, I mean, not quite of the whole CSO, in t- but in terms of the, the work that they do, that the HDR does?
7: Sure. Um, Just uh, responding to what Chris said, we would expect actually to recoup these costs and savings uh, um, associated with scoping because this firm specializes in this work, then they're helping us to refine the scope so that we are meeting our DEQ requirements, not necessarily exceeding. So um, we feel like it's a great investment. They've been a great team to work with um, with, spe- like I said, some bringing the specialty um, work to us with a team of people that we wouldn't necessarily get with a single individual.
8: You know, if possible, if this does, that, I looked at this too and thought, oh gee, another $54,000 on the CSO project, but then read it and felt that that was exactly what it would do, would help with the scoping of the project and hopefully reduce costs. So when it comes back to us, if, if, you, if there's an opportunity to say that this $54,000 helped to reduce the project, the scoping helped us, I think that that would connect the dots. In some good important ways. Thank you.
0: Okay. Thank you. Let's see. Do we, are we going to do all
2: those in the No, um, the uh, item for the Community Development Department update didn't require any oh, motion. Okay. Okay. Uh, this item <coughs> does require a motion. Okay.
0: Could we have a motion on item 7 Yeah,
1: I move we. Uh, um, except the uh, modeling support contract for professional services for the CSO project.
0: Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you. Motion passes.
2: Uh, item 7F. Item 7F is consideration of an award to Dennis's seven Ds for landscaping services at tourist-related sites. And through the 2018-19 budget, the City Council has designated Promote Astoria Funds, that's transient lodging tax funds, uh, to continue the practice of contracting with a landscaping company for the care and maintenance of tourist related properties. After solic- soliciting bids to local landscaping con- uh, companies and also including it as an advertisement of the Daily Astorian, uh, Dennis 7D's landscaping provided a bid of 92284 for services as noted in the memo. Um, I would note that they were the low bid on the project. We received uh, two proposals. Uh, tonight, it's recommended that Council approve the landscape services contract for tourist related sites with Dennis's 70s Landscaping. And again, uh, Mayor, this is one where there was a request uh, to have the item taken off the agenda. Okay. Uh,
0: if there's someone out in the audience who would like to speak to this issue, please come forward to the microphone. State your name and address, please.
11: I just got my answer.
10: OK. Well, as, as Ms. Hernandez pointed out, uh, the Parks Department employs um, a lot of local contractors. And I saw in the bids that 7Ds has a Portland address and Greensmith has an Astoria address. And um, GreenSmith has, has GreenSmith Landscaping been the one that we've been contracting with for the last couple years?
4: Yes, we've been contracting with GreenSmith for two. This is the end of our second year. Uh huh. And
10: have they been doing a good job? We've been very pleased.
4: Mm-hmm.
10: I, I was just. I, I don't know if there's anything that we can do about it, you know, in the in the bidding process. But I was sorry to see that a local company that has been doing a good job that we've been working with for the last couple of years has been outbid for a company with a Portland address, although I'm sure it's a good company.
0: Can
12: I speak? Oh, OK. Yes, go ahead. Uh, my name is Clinton Huxley. I'm the project manager for Dennis 70s Landscaping. And uh, I've worked for uh, 70s for 23 years now. 13 in Portland and I've been out here for the last 10 years so um, although our our main office has a address in Portland um, we do work out of our Seaside Nursery and uh, like I said I've been out here for 10 years I live out here um, I live in Warrington um, we've been installing projects from construction to maintenance out here like I said for 10 years so I feel myself is definitely involved in the community. I met my wife out here, two children out here. So, uh, I mean, I consider myself local out here. So, I mean, we do have a main office, which is out of Portland, but uh, to answer that question for you, um, I would say we're local. Thank you. And if you had any questions for me, I'd be glad to answer them.
10: Thank you.
0: And I think this was a regular bid process, and whoever gets the bid's lowest gets the bid. So I, uh, that's the way it works. So seems fair to me. So uh, do we need yeah. a, a vote on that? Correct. There? Right. Okay, could we have a motion?
5: I move, that, I move that we approve item 7F. Second.
0: All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Our first regular agenda item um, is the Water Waterfront Bridges Replacement Project, Sixth Street to Eleven.
2: So I'm going to give a uh, introduction to this, and I'm going to then turn it over to Cindy Moore, who's going to go into a little bit more detail and also provide some other updates uh, with regards to some of the bridge inspections uh, that we've had recently, uh, and and some uh, mitigation that. Uh, measures that we're going to need to be able to be taking uh, to bridge the gap—no uh, pun intended—until until the project occurs. But uh, where our city's numbered streets between Sixth and Eleventh meet the Columbia River, there is a short bridge that connects solid ground to the overwater pier structures that provides access to businesses along the waterfront. And moving forward this project, the next step in uh, progressing uh, through. Uh, Preparation for construction is what is before you tonight, which is where ODOT has prepared five fund exchange Agreements for the waterfront bridge replacement project and these agreements authorize ODOT to transfer the city of Astoria surface Transportation program funds to the project for expenses associated with the right-of-way phase of the project which has already occurred uh, this is needed to be able to be uh, moving forward on the progression of, of payments and, and, and fund transfers to, to move the project along. And there will be a, a vote that's needed uh, tonight where the council considers approving the five fund exchange agreements with ODOT. But before we do that, Cindy's going to give a bit of a status update.
7: Cindy Moore, Assistant City Engineer, again here. Uh, on the waterfront bridges, I'm going to give a brief update on the project, the waterfront bridges replacement project, and then go into the uh, kind of parallel path of the inspections that were recently done by ODOT and a lot of, there was a flurry of activity that you may have seen associated with that. So first on the project, I'm thrilled to announce we received all of our permits. So, we were authorized to bid beginning June 7th, so it's already advertising. And on uh, June 26th, we had a mandatory pre-bid meeting. That means that anyone who wants to bid on the project had to be at the meeting. And that was very well attended. We were told by our consultant that virtually every bridge contractor in the state of Oregon was there, uh, which bodes well for bidding. Our bids are due on July 12th, and keep in mind, um, it's going through an ODOT process, so it'll go through, those bids will be received by ODOT, and we'll, we'll, we'll get word of um, who the, is the low bid project, who the low bid is. Um, keep in mind, one of the things that we're concerned about is the price of materials on this project. We have steel piles going in, and the price of steel is um, fluctuating nationwide, day by day, uh, so we're we'll be watching that. Um, As far as schedule goes, bridges and the trolley tracks uh, will be closed beginning October 1st and then reopened by the end of May Memorial Day. And those are in the contract documents. Along with that, keep in mind, once again, you've seen this visual before, we will be closing the odd numbered streets first, beginning October 1st this year, and reconstructing those bridges first. opening everything back up for from Memorial Day until October 1st, 2019, when we'll then go through this routine again of closing the even-numbered streets. And this is a visual. Since we have all our permits, I can tell you that SHPO approved our proposed design elements that um, council and the public spent quite a bit of time going through. I want to point out the Lighting is going to be the same as what you see downtown with the acorn lights and pedestals there. The um, railing, it will be galvanized, powder-coated galvanized steel, and that's along the bridge. Um, there isn't going to be any replacement along the riverwalk, which is we consider that a handrail portion. Um, along the roadway, along the bridge, that's... Um, um, Considered more of a, a vehicular load kind of um, uh, structure, so that is going to be the steel. We will be working closely with the contractor to find a color that blends with what's out there—the natural wood.
2: And so, uh, so that, you on that may want to comment on the the concrete uh, where we ended up on those end yes. caps.
7: That was the next topic um, where we come together there. Um, over here. Where the hand railing really meets the guardrail, we have pedestals there that are um, board-formed concrete. Is what we ended up with to try to blend with the surrounding areas. And within there, you can kind of see we're going to have wayfinding. We will have street numbers uh, within those. And lastly, the concrete, although in this uh, representation it shows pretty light, it will be the goal of our team to come up with a concrete color that blends with the environment. Um, It'll be closer to the asphalt color, but it won't. We will be trying to avoid a stark white brand new concrete look. We're going to try to blend in with the, the historic nature of the area. If anyone has any questions about the project I'll be going into the inspections next questions now No. okay okay so every year uh, ODOT does inspection of our bridges so this is not new we've been uh, had a balancing act since we've been awarded the project funding of trying to keep that three ton load limit um, or load rating on our waterfront bridges so we can still utilize them until they are replaced and it's trying to spend the least amount of money because they're temporary fixes until we can replace them. Uh, With the most recent uh, uh, inspections, as with all the other ones, ODOT (coughs) recommended a list of improvements that need to be done in order to keep that three ton load uh, rating. They also recommended some additional signage and unfortunately while they were inspecting the bridges there were a number of different violations of the load limits so they were came down pretty hard on the city as far as improving enforcement or closing the bridges and um i i really want to um thank the daily Astorian for the (coughs) fabulous article that they put in uh, the paper we we went door to door to the uh, businesses and we called delivery companies, UPS, we talked to the um, Recology, we did everything we could do to um, target the people that might be using those bridges. And from what I can tell, and the people I've been talking to that watch the bridges that have adjacent businesses, they've said that it's been, it's reduced dramatically as far as um, trucks and overweight vehicles that are using the bridges. So really appreciate the effort of the locals there um, with the inspection, then the team asked ODOT to do a load rating reevaluation. And basically, they had a list of improvements they'd really like to see, but this load rating reevaluation was this, the, they narrowed it down to these are the improvements you need to do in order to keep that three ton load limit rating. And in the documentation we received from ODOT, they said you need to do these improvements by September 1st or close the bridges. Uh, What that leaves us with is a one month gap until we close odd-numbered streets. We're working with ODOT right now to try to come up with a no-cost mitigation measure, likely increased inspection even daily if we can have the staff go down and look every day at the elements that are at risk and do those visual inspections. Um, can we go ahead and keep that open until the October 1st closure? We don't have an answer today to report from ODOT. That's been put out there. Uh, so we will certainly update council when we find out from those from ODOT. We put numbers to the list of improvements that would need to be done, and it totals $131,000. And that is all of the bridges, as you can see there. Um, just wanted to give you kind of that perspective and i want to go through each bridge um, both for this purpose and also to get you thinking about the project as we're moving forward so sixth street just to orient you there's the chevron on the highway and the sixth street viewing platform to the north Um, there's some parking along the west side that's utilized by the um, state building that's to the west it's really not used by customers or um, anyone who's located on that 6th Street bridge, adjacent to that 6th Street bridge. So reconstruction of 6th Street, it's an even-numbered street, so that is not scheduled until next year, 2019. The estimated repair cost for just this street is $35,000. There's alternative access from 5th Street, uh, where you we could um, uh, reorient that parking so you could still access it. And there's minimal use by the adjacent businesses. The gas station has their own internal circulation with their trucks and the undeveloped um, east lot they don't utilize that street at all. Um, One thing to keep in mind is that we are asking our consultant to take a look at this bridge and what would need to be done to keep the trolley running when we reopen in May, between May and um, October of next year. And we'll, we'll certainly be um, trying to come up with some low-cost improvements so we can keep the trolley running, that is a priority. But at this point, the staff is recommending closure of Sixth Street, and what that would mean is that it would close September, October, whatever we can negotiate with ODOT, and it would be closed until it's reconstructed in a year. Again, being still being open to the pedestrians on the Riverwalk and the trolley, that would be the goal. Uh, but we don't have those costs quite yet. It would be something less than thirty-five thousand dollars.
1: So, so you're saying the, the thirty-five thousand, if, if if you close it, the thirty-five thousand would be to keep it open. Yes. And we can mitigate that by closing it. I'm saying There would be some cost involved, but not nearly as much,
10: hopefully. Correct. Right. How much does the trolley weigh? Well,
7: the trolley, I actually don't know how much it weighs. It is over three tons. However, it is on its own separate structure, and that's why we want to have our consultants look at it because the trestle has its own structural characteristics. And ODOT doesn't necessarily dis- def- differentiate between the bridge structure and the trolley structure. They just see these, el- these elements that are degraded or um, damaged, and they say, oh, okay, three ton load limit, that's all you can handle. So, in the past, we've been able to um, have our consultants take a look at the trolley trestle and make sure we get improvements done that, that then ODOT is, um, will accept.
10: Mm-hmm. So, when ODOT says that we would have to close um, access um, on those streets, that, that means to all vehicles, not to pedestrians? At this point,
7: though? not to pedestrians, no. Mm-hmm. At this point, yes. Okay. And, and the way that they evaluated, they also mean the trolley. It's the city's responsibility to come back and say, hey, we've had our structural engineer look at the trestle, isolate the trestle, and say, okay, these are are the improvements we can do to um, allow the trolley to continue
10: running. Is it out of the question to um, accelerate the the even-numbered street projects? It is, um,
7: just because we think that the... Contractors going to have their hands full with just the odd numbered streets, Mm -hmm. and um, we wanted to do every other street so that we have access from one side or the other. Yeah.
0: Okay. Cindy, could you go back uh, a slide? Sure. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So these these are these repairs on the right hand side are just to get us to when we actually replace the, the bridges.
7: Correct. Yes, once they're replaced, then they will be able to take highway loads. There will be no load restrictions on them at all. And um, and the trolley will be able to run. We will be past this dilemma, this annual dilemma that we have.
8: What what kind of problems are they seeing? Or is, it, is it underneath the structure, pilings or braces, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. planks on the
7: top, all of the above? All of the above. Okay, so the 7th Street Bridge is a different scenario. We have Bowie Beer to the east. We have Craft 3, Sahara Pizzas nearby, but we're on the other side of that vacant lot. Uh, we are beginning reconstruction in October. They estimated the repair cost to get us to October to be $16,000. Um, we do have alternative access from 8th Street, which we... Uh, planned on doing because that's why we're doing every other street so we're prepared to close 7th street if necessary uh, a month early it does provide access to Bowie, but again in October 1st they will have to figure out a different route there and so we're recommending if ODOT comes back and says September 1st is your hard deadline that we close it early but it, we, we feel pretty comfortable that they all give us um, that grace period until October 1st when our project will begin. Okay, so 8th Street. Now this is, We're on an even-numbered street, so we're, we're looking at a year. The estimated repair cost is $19,000. Now, 8th Street is a street that we are going to depend on while construction of 7th and 9th are going on. So we really need to utilize 8th Street, and we need to provide that access to those businesses, Um, both to Bowie Beer and the East Building that doesn't currently have a food processing um, business in there, but that is what it's set up for. So we're recommending that we do invest that $19,000 for the temporary improvements because it will get us through for a year. All right, 9th Street. So we're back to Odd Number Street. This is one that we're going to be Reconstructing in October, it's currently closed, and so we are recommending continued closure. That one's really, that one's a slam dunk. 10th Street, this is similar to 8th Street, reconstruction in a year, but we are going to depend on 10th Street to help with alternative access to these businesses, particularly Pier 11, um, because on the other side, on 11th Street, they will have no access through that bridge. So, the estimated repair cost is uh, pretty minimal, and we have the work we've done in the past to thank for that $6,000. So, we're recommending moving ahead with the improvements. And 11th Street, again, we're gonna be reconstructing in October. They had uh, repairs on the order of $19,000. If we have to, we're recommending closure on September 1st, a month early, but we'll be working really hard with ODOT to get that grace period uh, bumped up to the October 1st deadline. So instead of the $131,000 of of potential work that ODOT would recommend, we're uh, planning on doing about $25,000 worth of repairs to get us through that year. That amount is within the city manager's spending authority, but we certainly wanted to update you on uh, the process and what we're planning to move forward with. I think we were going to ask for a concurrence on on our plan um, as we have presented. Oh.
0: Has Has ODOT expressed any fears or <laughs> about people going across these bridges? I, I mean, I, yes. I, they're recommending these. Bridges. Pairs so like, let's take the 36,000 on the 9th street waterfront bridge is there danger uh, of if we
7: leave that street open um, well 9th streets already closed but I understand your question so on a different street that's open um, yes they are concerned that's why they're they've had a pretty clear letter to us that this work needs to be done or you need to close the bridges we're at the Minimum load rating before you close the bridge. You can't go any lower. Um, So, they, the time frame of September 1st is somewhat um, negotiable just because September 2nd doesn't mean that they're going to fall down. But they want, it's so critical that they're saying, you need to get this done in the next few months. And we're giving you this time frame to get it done. Um, So, yes, they are
2: and cindy saying that you know if there was the extension you know we have made the proposal that there would be staff that would be doing potentially daily inspections to ensure that there was not any deficiencies that would cause any further concern
7: yes in the city we certainly um, take their report seriously we depend on them to do these inspections and we respect their opinion uh, the n- n- timeline is just a little bit more of a gray area as far as how did they come up with September 1st? That was just, you guys need to get going. So that's why I'd like to bridge it till October 1st.
0: Could we start construction in September on the regular project rather than waiting till October 1st? We, at the, this October? point,
7: n- no, we can't. We, the contractor will have submittals and materials to order. There's precast members that need to be constructed. Um, and in their contract, they're not allowed to close the roads until October 1st, um, and which allows pedestrians to use those facilities until the end of September.
10: Thank you. Well, I, I concur. Your reasoning seems very sound here, and I'm glad that we've whittled it down to $25,000 from 131000 And those bridges, 8th and 10th, those repairs will be good for... Um, a year until we're able to start um, reconstruction of, of those bridges it's it's really too bad that we have to put in a temporary fix but at least we're not having to patch up bridges only for a month before we start construction on them
2: Mayor if I, if I could also um, we've also been contacted by uh, the chamber of commerce and, and speaking to the downtown association as well about the impacts uh that this project is going to have on the business operators out um along the waterfront and cindy and and city staff will be working uh, to be able to look for ways to help try to mitigate that there's signage uh, construction signage for those businesses to direct uh, their Patrons to where to go while the bridges are under construction, and um, look for ways to be able to connect uh, with those merchants even more. There's been a robust users group, if we want to call it that, that Cindy has been working with along the way. But I'll say that probably as the project is starting to get closer, um, you know, we're starting to hear, um, you know, more. Uh, interest from those parties and we want to be able to work with them the uh, best we can in, in, in trying to alleviate the um, the discomfort that's going to have to, go through to do this project the good news is, is once this is done the project is done we're going to have stable um, solid bridges that we're not going to have to deal with this issue year after year like we have in, in the past few
0: Thank you.
2: Yeah, and I just wanted to,
1: just a couple things. One, I just happened to be walking along here this morning, kind of looking around. And um, and on the 7th Street with Boyd Beer there, I, I did note that, that that's where they bring their trucks for uh, loading and unloading. So, have you had a conversation with them? And they, I assume, and they have a plan to, looks like you're going to stop them from using that that area. So.
7: We absolutely have been coordinating with them for a number of years and getting ready for this project. And what they're going to do is forklift um, from 8th Street. And we'll have a path around the building so that they can get a forklift okay. by the construction.
1: And then the other thing is that on the heavy vehicles that are currently were dissuading from using um, the bridges, you did say that it was greatly reduced. Does it, it has to stop, right? Yes. So in your opinion, do you think we, I've noticed the signs out there and, and I appreciate going talking to all the potential delivery services. Do you think, because the, the point is is that if ODOT sees another truck on one of those bridges, they're going to close it. Is that, I mean, what's the? Right, um, the that
7: here? is um, what we anticipate is yeah. that, if ODOT witnesses it, they're going to recommend closure. If we continue to witness it, we should seriously consider closure because we've been put on, no, on notice that you we have a, um, a trend of violating truck drivers. Um, there's a reason that it's a three-ton load limit. We do not want anyone getting hurt right. or having a situation. So um, we've um, asked the police department to to increase. Enforcement—they've done so really very kindly by giving warnings. So there've been several warnings by the police. I certainly think that helped That goes a long ways, as well as city staff. Uh, fortunately, we're located in the vicinity of that bridge. So I personally walk down there and I've talked to people who are parked on 11th Street that are overweight, and I say, "Ask them how are you planning to get back to the highway without using the bridge," and they—they uh, <laughs> okay. they give me. Their strategy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm always impressed. You know, you you put up some very obvious signage there, and that people still don't respect that.
7: And we've asked the businesses that are right down there, particularly the Harris Studio, because they are just looking out their windows. They've seen some very strange things happen down there. And we've told them, if you see someone that's trying to turn around because they don't, they're trying to avoid the bridge, please call the, you know, the dispatch and they'll send a police officer out to help them maneuver out uh, of the area. We don't want to create a more dangerous situation with them reversing onto the highway. We have created a temporary loading zone on Marine Drive in front of H&R Block right at 11th Street and told all the business owners there. Um, the challenging part that I've learned is that truck drivers, there's a great turnover in truck drivers. So you get the message out to this person, then the next person takes over and they don't get that message. So we're um, doing the best we can. Thank you. Any
1: other questions for the council? Well, thank you
6: very much. Good luck. (laughs) So, Mayor, going back to what the original
2: agenda item was, we're needing council to consider the five fund exchange agreements for the project.
0: Okay, we
10: have a motion. I move uh, the city council approve the five fund exchange agreements with ODOT for the waterfront bridges replacement project. Second. All
0: those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you. And we have item 8B, which is uh, Parks and Recreation Department Marketing Plan Specials. So in
2: 2017, the Parks and Recreation Department began implementing the marketing and communication goals outlined in the Parks Master Plan. And in the 2017-18 fiscal year, the plan focused on the need to improve communications through multiple channels, such as social media, website, and uh, through some advertisement and collaterals uh, and uh, other materials as noted in the memo. The results uh, we found were quite promising as noted in the second page of the council memo. Uh, now that we've moved into the next fiscal year, um, we're now looking at the marketing communications focus for this year to build upon last year's strategy by investing in designated funding for radio and print advertising review and and assessment of uh, seasonal direct mail to residents and with the increased staffing levels to focus on community and business outreach. In December of 2016, the department implemented its first marketed uh, special, which uh, the city council recommended should be included in a formal marketing plan. We're uh, needing to bring this to council every year uh, for consideration, in that this is essentially a, a fee waiver of sorts. And so uh, the council uh, would need to approve uh, the recommendations as was done last fiscal year. So there are proposed discounts or giveaways for the 2018 and 19 fiscal year for marketing efforts, um, also listed in the memo on pages uh, two and three. These are uh, broken up by the recreation center, uh, the aquatic center, and port of play. Tonight, I recommended recommend that Council consider authorizing the discounts and giveaways listed uh, in the memo for the 2018-19 fiscal year, and our Parks Director, Angela Cosby, can answer any questions. Thank you.
8: questions? Yeah. I would just say congratulations on the success of last year's plan.
1: I was just wondering if this this year's promotions is this kind of, is this an equivalent to last year or an increase?
10: It's an equivalent. Okay. Um, can I ask about um, in the in the paragraph about um, assessing seasonal direct mail to residents? Has there been direct mail to residents? We have not. no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, just an idea I had and it's not a directive at all. It just seems like since we're spending the money to send out water bills, you know, it'd be kind of cool to send passes to residents to discover, you know, a fitness class or the aquatic center if they haven't been in a while. But anyway, congratulations. I'm glad that um, your marketing plan can tout some success um, from the growth that you've had.
0: Questions, comments? If not, could we have a motion, please? And move we
8: authorize the discounts and giveaways listed for the Parks and Recreation Department for the 2018 19 fiscal year?
1: Second.
0: All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? No. Thank you. Okay, the last item on our regular agenda is a liquor license application.
2: And a liquor license application has been filed by Tiffany Sites for South Bay Wild Fish House, doing business as the South Bay Wild Fish House, uh, which is located at 262 9th Street. Uh, This application is for a new outlet for a full on-premise commercial sales license. The city departments have reviewed it and no objections were noted. It's recommended that council consider this application. Okay, council
0: discussion?
10: I have a potential conflict of interest as my husband owns a business called Cervasia Gratis doing business as Fort George Brewery and it makes and it sells alcohol but um, I don't think this is a direct conflict because this is not a client of ours to my knowledge so I can vote on it.
1: I'd just like to comment that it's great to see another new business go into an old Flavelle building. <laughs> um, it's just looking better all the time.
5: I move that we approve the application from uh, Tiffany Sites.
0: All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you. That ends our regular agenda. Uh, we now open it up Thank for you. citizens who have anything they might want to share with us. So, if you have anything, please come forward.
13: Good evening, Sean Fitzpatrick, 1046 Grand Avenue. Uh, I've got a couple things. The first, it's nice to see Janice Snow in the front row here. Um, 10, 15 years ago I would come to city council meetings. It would be me and Don Webb and the city councilors and either Hal or Janice asking me if I didn't have anything better to do on Monday nights. So it's it's cool to see a few more people here. Uh, And it's nice to see Janice. Uh, I also wanted to thank you, uh, Counselors and Madam Mayor, for your uh, support while I was negotiating with JCPenney, uh, especially the uh, Madam Mayor and, and Counselor Price for writing the letters uh, to the JCPenney executives that I was working with, and uh, a special thanks to Councilor Price because uh, I was... 10 minutes from calling JCPenney and telling them that I was just done and they could sell the building to someone else and Councillor Price encouraged me to stay in, do what I needed to do and and I did. So uh, thank you all for your support on that.
0: Can you tell us how things are going or what's happening now?
13: Um, Well, I also have to thank uh, our two chiefs, uh, one acting over here. Uh, for allowing me to get a rush on a permit for a dumpster. I have a crew that's going to be uh, taking some of the refuse out of the building. Uh, building debris, I should say, the demolition debris, because JCPenney did leave the building pretty clean. Um, progress so far so good. I was ready to hit the ground running on the day that we closed escrow, but instead I spent the next three and a half weeks in bed, um, dealing with issues from three large kidney stones. So um, we aren't too far behind schedule. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah, i, I just like, thanks for um, being able to do what you're doing here. I, I think, you know, one wondered what was gonna happen with that building, I, I just think it's great that you have a plan, that you've been able to purchase it, and, and I wish you all the success.
0: I really thank you. Think? Anyone else? If not, thank you all for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.